here with the dragon, so we back up in here. Spit fire from the back of in ears. Coming straight from the belly of the beast that's in the back of your ear. Whispering shit that's got you crapping your rear. This panic of fear is damaging. Radical stages of behavior that's got you on a scatting looking for the big what a wild week in the world of wrestling. All right, let's just get right into it because there's a lot to go over. The build for TakeOver War Games and Survivor Series has reached a fever pitch. We are right on the brink of these two shows. I'm so excited for these. I'm more excited for a Survivor Series than I think I've ever been, literally. And, you know, I know that there are some people who don't like the brand warfare concept and and honestly I usually don't like the brand warfare thing either but it really has me intrigued this time and I think that's largely to do and probably entirely to do with the NXT invasion angle uh it's been a lot of fun uh on all the shows uh each week just you know seeing who is going to invade where and uh and what's going to happen. And uh, this past week on NXT, of course, they finally got Becky Lynch involved. And we got to see Becky Lynch versus Rhea Ripley, which, I mean, that's been my pick for the WrestleMania 36 main event for months now. So I'm, I hope that we get to see that uh, more in the future and uh, longer and with a clean finish and everything. Uh, but the question still remains who is going to be on NXT's Survivor Series teams and i mean the door is open for some more NXT UK talent to be involved on these shows this weekend um i don't really know if we're i'm not sure there's only one show left before takeover and that's uh smackdown so i don't know if they're going to go ahead and sort that issue out on Friday or if it's going to get sorted out at TakeOver or I mean maybe they're waiting to see how everybody is doing physically after War Games before they fully announce the teams I mean there are some people who I would really love to see get a chance to be in front of a big audience uh at these shows and I'm kind of thinking specifically of like Deanna Perrazzo could would be like an awesome addition to an NXT Women's Survivor Series team. But at this point, I feel like it's got to be people who have been established on TV. I know there's been some chatter about like, ooh, what if Triple H was on the men's team uh, for NXT? And I think that would be awesome. Uh, I think that would get a really great reaction. Uh, We do know also that Pete Dunne is in the triple threat match at TakeOver uh, with Killian Dane and Damian Priest, and the winner of that is going to go on to Survivor Series the following day to face NXT champion Adam Cole for that championship. Uh, Adam Cole is going to be dead by the end of the weekend (laughs) after having to go through war games and then a big title match. And of course, NXT UK Women's Champ Kaylee Ray is on Team Shayna in the first All Women's War Games match. So, a lot to look forward to. A lot of crazy stuff this weekend. It's going to be a great weekend of wrestling. I'm I'm sure of it. Um, ph- phenomenal stuff. I do want to make a quick note. So, there was a pretty prominent uh, uh, botch in a in a match on uh, AEW Dynamite. And, and uh, well, I mean, I don't know that you want to call it a botch or whatever you want to call it, but basically, for anyone who didn't see it or didn't hear about it, uh, 
<clears throat> there was a pinning predicament, and the referee uh, did a one, two, and then a sweeping three, uh, presumably because maybe they were supposed to get pulled out of the ring by another competitor or or somebody was supposed to kick out or something. That's why I always say, count it like it's a shoot. Count it, count like it's real. And I think that all referees in every promotion, whether you're a big promotion or an indie promotion or whatever, referees should always count all pinfalls like it's a shoot. And if somebody blows a spot or misses a cue or doesn't kick out, that's on them. And that way you always, you'll, you'll always avoid this kind of thing where it's a deliberate, like you, you deliberately didn't count three and it just kind of leaves everybody looking confused and looking bad and stuff. And so, and I don't mean to, I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to over criticize anybody, but it's just, it's something that came up and it, and it's something that I've, I've always been really, really big on is always count like it's a shoot. Uh, that way you always avoid this kind of thing. Jim Cornette released from the NWA. <laughs> uh, I don't know if there's a bigger unintentional heel in wrestling right now than Jim Cornette. I, I swear. Um, oh, geez. Well, the, the, the comment that he'd made on commentary on that show was just so egregious. And I can't even believe that it... I mean, he must have been involved in the editing process or something for the show as well for it to, like, get that far. Either that or, like, the people who are responsible for the sound editing on this show are, are just absolutely clueless. Like, I don't even want to repeat it because, like, it was just so uh, bafflingly distasteful. Now, Jim Cornette is... A, a self-described uh, liberal and um, and and whatever, uh, but he seems he seems to be the embodiment, like the adult embodiment of like a twelve-year-old, like YouTube troll, like someone who just like says awful things in the comments just to get any kind of reaction that they can, and it's just. You know, that's just not going to fly. Like, what are you thinking? I mean, like, I I know that he's in the past, like, come to the defense, uh, like, 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 come to defend, like, you know, like, members of the LGBT community or, you know, just defended people fr against, like, um, malicious, racist, uh, you know, stuff or whatever, um, but it it's like it seems like every week he either says something on Twitter or something on like commentary that is just outrageously egregiously sexist or racist or homophobic or transphobic and uh it's just about time I think to just <laughs> sever the the tie I mean like I've I've always appreciated Jim Cornette's work in the in wrestling as a character and uh some of his shoot interviews and stuff have been really insightful and also profanity laden and also occasionally cringy due to some of the choice language but it's you know it's just it's really funny because I can recall in in like the late 90s he was kind of somebody who was advocating for sort of you know you got to make sure that you are kind of changing with the times and making sure you're giving the people what they want but like 
it's almost like ever since then he's just sort of been stuck in like 1985 and i've seen people try to come to his defense like oh he he didn't mean anything by it or whatever or or saying like well back in you know bobby heenan and jesse ventura and so and so and everybody used to say terrible things well yeah it's not 1986 anymore like (laughs) no stop it that's not okay we are trying to be a better society now our awareness is higher we're we're trying to have a better sense of empathy like this isn't a challenging subject, I don't think, or at least it shouldn't be. And even for somebody who is, you know, old school or just, you know, somebody who is up there in age like Jim Cornette, I mean, it's like he, he's very social media savvy. He, you know, it's like you'd, you'd think you'd know better and you'd think you'd just want to be better, too. I mean, it's like, you know, you can you can you can get heat without just acting like an asshole. So, you know, he really... He should have just apologized, but, you know, he he never apologizes. He's always just, you know, there's always, like, a, a reason or an excuse for everything, you know. I don't know, whatever. Hopefully he learns from this. I don't need, mean to be on a negative subject or anything. We definitely love to keep the positivity here on uh, We Are NXT UK, but... This is a big deal, and I felt like we needed to talk about it. So, you can tell me. Uh, what you think about Jim Cornette and what you think about his comments and what you think about the NWA's decision to part ways with him. You tell me what you think. I'd, I'd love to chat about that because it's very entertaining. Uh, and it's, and it's, uh, it's, it's crazy. Um, but so, getting into the reason that we are all here right now. NXT UK for the 21st of November 2019. I can't believe, I can't believe the year is like almost over i mean we're we got one more episode in november and then we're into the last month of the year it's crazy i remember this time last year this was like this brand new brand and now it's just part of it's just part of the deal at this point um it is still sort of like the it, it nxt uk is kind of the show that's off in its own little corner doing its own little thing and in some ways, I'm like, man, it, it kind of sucks that UK is just, you know, not treated in the same manner or is kind of not considered to be on the same level as, like, the rest of the main programming. But at the same time, I'm kind of happy about it. It's like, oh, go ahead. Just, yeah, you can let some people trickle in there, get them in on, like, takeovers and stuff. But, like, just keep keep NXT UK over here in its own little fun corner where it's just, like, our thing, right? That's <laughs> what... That's kind of what I'm thinking. Uh, um, although I do want the most success possible for everybody who, all the talent on the roster and, and everything. Um, you know, obviously, I love this show. Uh, and that's why I'm sitting here talking to you about it. Which, by the way, I'm by myself again this week. Uh, Lee is actually traveling around right now. He was um, he was in Indianapolis for AEW Dynamite Wednesday um, I think he's at a hockey game tonight, and then tomorrow he's going to be in Chicago for SmackDown. Um, I was going to be in Chicago for TakeOver, but it didn't work out for a variety of reasons, so uh, I'll be watching from the comfort of my living room, and then we'll have our whole pay-per-view crew together for Survivor Series. So it's going to be a fun weekend. All right, NXT UK, long show. Uh, it went over an hour, an hour and six minutes, I believe. 
so that's really cool. Um, I appreciate that. Uh, no women's matches on this show, though, which is which is weird. It's really strange that there's ever uh, an NXT UK episode without um, any women's matches. I know it's happened before, but it's rare. Uh, however, that should mean that next week we next week we might get two. Uh, because they might just have been closer together, like closer in proximity, like on that day of taping and whatnot. Had a lot of Twitter friends present for this series of tapings too. This is the first episode from the whole tapings, which just happened and had a lot of Twitter friends who were there. So good for you guys. Uh, I did see a couple of things (laughs) that I I wasn't trying to see because I was trying to avoid spoilers, but, uh, it was my own fault. Because I didn't mute the hashtag NXT UK, and uh, and a couple people didn't even use it when they were posting things. But so I did see a couple of things, but not I didn't see too much. I tried to sort of uh, stay away from Twitter as much as I could while the tapings were going on. But uh, I'm gonna attempt to get through all of the forthcoming episodes of UK um, you know, in in a spoiler free manner and try to analyze them for what they are and just view what's in front of me as if it's all completely fresh and that I have absolutely no idea what's going on and just try to let the show develop in front of me. Takeover Blackpool, which was the big spoilery scoop at the end of last week's episode, uh, they just went ahead and blew the roof off of that on social media straight away. Uh, I think they had actually announced it on social media and whatnot and announced the tickets being on sale before our episode even dropped. So it turned out to be not so spoilery. Um, and, uh, what's really incredible that show sold out in two hours. So that's awesome. I love seeing the strength of this brand and, uh, and of course, you know, going back to Blackpool where the first takeover was and where so many events in this brand's history have taken place. It's awesome. And I'm stoked about it. Uh, it's gonna be great to see wrestling in that building again. I love that building. Uh, I love the way it looks on TV. So that's going to be awesome. And I'm sure the card is going to be absolutely stacked. So our first match, Trent Seven, who comes out to a wonderful reaction from the crowd, up against Kona Reeves. Uh, so this is interesting because Kona Reeves has been sort of a mainstay on NXT for a little while. But he's been NXT enhancement talent for the most part for any all of you who weren't familiar with Kona Reeves before him. Uh, he's kind of a in like a in like a competitive Jack Stars type situation uh, where he's got a very established character who has a lot of charisma and whatnot, and he's well known. But he, uh, I I don't know how many matches Kona Reeves has won. I. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but it's okay. He, I mean, he's a he's a great talent. Um, and he got some heat with this promo. Uh, it was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> going on talking about how he flew over here to oh, he called NXT UK NXT's uh, like what ugly crooked teeth little sister. I thought that was pretty mean. Uh, so he got a lot of heat. Crowd just was cheering or uh, chanting over his whole promo uh which was which was hilarious there were i didn't know what they were chanting at some point so if you can help me out on twitter let me know uh just what they were chanting like kind of at kona as he was coming out because i couldn't tell what it was um then this was a this match opened hot 
and was hard hitting and and the crowd was really into it which i loved and i'm sure that was probably bolstered by that promo and also the fact that it's trent seven i mean you know he's over as hell and why wouldn't he be you know he's awesome i love the little spot where uh when kona took over when he stuck trent seven's head into the apron and kicked him i thought that was a really brilliant really cool heelish move um yeah, different than when Nikki Cross like gets uh, her opponents stuck in the apron kind of after a baseball slide attempt or whatever and starts kind of beating on them. Uh, that feels like pretty babyface to me. I mean, it could kind of go either way, but that definitely felt like a heel-type move. Um, what, what shocked me was that Kona kicked out of the seven-star lariat. Uh, at that moment, that, that was kind of the moment that I thought, oh, man, like, are they going to do... Are they going to do a thing here with Kona and and put him over Trent Seven and kind of, you know, strap a rocket to his back? But no, uh, a couple of seconds later, Trent Seven won with the burning hammer. So, <laughs> so thanks for coming over, Kona. Uh, interesting to see if, I don't know, like, is he going to be a permanent part of NXT UK now? Because he hasn't really been used too much on NXT, although I think he, I guess he was out with a bit of an injury uh, like a minor injury, so that might be why we haven't really seen him on NXT UK too much uh, at all lately. Uh, but it'd be cool to to have him over here on UK, where you know, he get a little bit more uh, a little bit more time on the network and get to work with some brilliant talents. Like I think that was probably the most beneficial thing for him was getting to work with Trent Seven because uh, they had a really fun little match here. Um, and then afterwards, Trent Seven slapping hands with the fans, and here's Eddie Dennis in the crowd and he wouldn't let go of Trent's hand and he had to pry it away from him. So, so Eddie Dennis, uh, probably going to be making, uh, a return here during these hall tapings. I would assume, uh, probably going to do some sort of interference gimmick. I would, I would assume, I don't know how long he was out there for in the crowd. I, I mean, I mean, I'm assuming they probably just kind of carted him out there for segments that involved him. I can't imagine he was out there the whole time. That would be kind of weird, and he'd probably be getting bothered or harassed the whole time. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what transpires here. And then we go uh, to a pre-tape uh, with Radzi. Speaking of Ilya Dragunov, um, this was uh, this is a, a well-delivered promo by Dragunov, but I, I got to say it was... A little weird seeing him speak. Like, I just... He's... Doesn't really speak much, except when he's conducting the orchestra. And I kind of like that about him. There's kind of this mystique about him. So seeing him speak, like, you know, kind of like a normal person is almost kind of bizarre and kind of surreal. He had the red contacts in still, which is awesome. I like to imagine that he's just always wearing those. And he says tonight he's going to step out of Alexander Wolf's shadow. And that is our main event tonight, but more on that later on in the show when it's main event time. So match number two, Jack Stars versus A-Kid. Uh... <laughs> I love the bit on commentary that Jack Starr's win-loss record isn't perfect. Well, it's literally the opposite of perfect. I mean, it's perfect, uh, perfect losing record, um, which is not a knock on Jack. Jack is a great talent, and and it seems like they're, it, it, it feels like they're slowly working him up, in and in, in making him more and more competitive, and I think it's it's almost kind of becoming like this meme 
uh, at the tapings where the crowd is behind Jack Stars in almost like this sarcastic way. But I feel like when he finally does pull off a victory, it'll get a huge reaction and he'll just be he'll just be off and running with Jack Stars. Like just throw him in the main event after that. Uh, so it's kind of this weird way of of building him up with the booking here uh the the jack's gonna kill you chant had be had be dying uh this is a nice little technical match though and it really it showed that jack stars can do more than just take a beating you know what i mean he was uh getting some offense in there i think this is the longest match he's had on uk and certainly the most offense that we've seen him uh dish out uh and this was a really fun match, and then I felt like the the ending sort of came out of nowhere, which is okay, it's totally fine, but uh, A-Kid just caught Jack in a submission hold, and and that was it, and he verbally submitted uh, pretty quickly. Um, so, you know, enhancement talent got to enhance. Uh, <laughs> but uh, big win for A-Kid, and they uh, kind of focused on his post-match victory celebration for a good while it feels like they have big plans for him too seems like he's somebody they're really behind and uh that they've got some big plans for i know that he's already gotten the um on on screen he's gotten the endorsement of tyler Bade, and uh they've brought that up and whatnot so i feel like the future is probably pretty bright for a kid and he's been cool so far in the two matches that i've seen him in uh after that, we get another backstage segment with Radzi, uh, who is with Ginny and Jazzy. And Radzi asked Ginny to evaluate the NXT UK women's division, and well, she said, just like your outfit, cheap. And goes on, she went on to, see, I, this is key with, with heels and promos, and, what, and really with anybody with promos, is that she puts her opponents over while also putting them down. Like she, you know, mentions their accolades, you know, mentions things that they've accomplished, but then also proceeds to say that she's better than them. And so that's good that that's giving them, you know, some credibility, even in the opposition's eyes from their point of view, which is good. You don't want to just crap on everybody, but, um, uh, but Ginny mentions Piper Niven here and says, oh, yeah, you know, she's racked up a few wins, did a couple vignettes, and all of a sudden she's superstar of the month, and I love this stuff. I Meanwhile, Jazzy's just sitting there menacingly. Love it, love it. Uh, but Ginny mentions that Piper's never pinned her. So that's going to be the match next week, we find out, is uh, Piper Niven versus Ginny. Uh, so stoked for this i'm sure this is gonna have some uh uk women's championship uh opportunity implications and it's it feels like piper nevin is what we're building towards but we shall see what transpires moving forward and i'd also loved their kind of matching eyeshadow but in their own unique styles like how jazzy's was more like aggressive looking and you know Ginny's was more flashy and um, you know, she called herself the queen. So you go do the thing. This was like the basically, I think this is like the one women's segment on this show. So yeah, it was a very male dominated show. That's okay. Um, after this, we got a grizzled young veterans promo 
which is always a, a great thing. And everyone already had their shoes off. By the time they got in the ring, there's all the shoes were already off, and the chant was off and running, which I loved. And and these two just play up. They just play into it so well, and and just play up the annoying uh, annoyed factor so well. I just love it. And that, of course, that just eggs the crowd on to do it some more. I gotta say, I miss the double grizzled. Like when he would, when Gibson would say grizzled grizzled young veterans. I miss that. That that was one of my favorite things. I wish they would do that some more. But Zach Gibson proceeds to do his thing on the microphone, and he blames Johnny Saint and Skid Scala for their loss at TakeOver Cardiff because they interjected the triple threat stipulation. And uh, then mentions their previous match with Southwell Subculture, and uh, says that they had the match won, and then Imperium and Gallus got involved. And so Zach Gibson wants to know where's the punishment been for those two teams and wants to know what's going to happen to rectify the situation and, and whatnot. And so this feels like we are definitely building towards some type of multi-team tag championship match. And I think I, I think I said that on last week's episode that I would would like to see that uh and um uh i think i may have said it during the spoilery part at the end uh that i suggested do a multi team tag team ladder match for the for the championships and and it, because of how everything is playing out it does feel like we are moving towards a multi team match for the tag team titles i was shocked by this boring chant during this promo i mean Zach Gibson's many, many, many things, but he's anything but boring. I, it was probably done just to... That was probably just to, like, get under his skin. Uh, and he says that they they just want to make the people happy. Just make the people happy. Just give them what they want, which is grizzled young veterans as tag champs again, right? Of course. Everyone wants that. God damn, Zach Gibson is a great promo. I just... Give the, give the dude a microphone, and I will watch forever. Like I just I I won't stop watching. It, uh, he just 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 let him just let him keep talking. It's 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 no problem. Um, and you know that's a it's this interesting topic uh, about promos nowadays, where there's a lot of discussion about scripted promos and unscripted promos, and and I think that. There seems to be almost this misconception that, like, that an unscripted promo means that it's completely off the top of your head or completely ad-libbed and whatnot. It's like, that's definitely not the case. I mean, uh, you know, even if uh, there's not, like, a line-for-line bit of dialogue that someone has to repeat... Uh, any promo, especially like a big important promo, it's going to be rehearsed to a certain degree. You're at least going to know all the main points that you have to hit and all the right beats to hit. And, you know, I, and I would be surprised if there was anybody who didn't like almost completely kind of rehearse what they were going to say during an in-ring live segment. Uh, I know that the times I've had to deliver a promo in the ring, which I am not in any way, shape, or form trying to imply that I am anywhere on close to being able to observe the level that these guys are at from 
like where I've been, like just not at all different, different solar systems. But I know that the times I've had to deliver a promo, I pretty much, even though I didn't have a script per se or whatever, I knew almost word for word what I was going to say just because I wanted to be that confident in it when I would go out there and deliver it. And there is always like the chance that you, you know, could stumble because you're trying to stay on script or whatever. But I mean, that's where the, it's nice to have the freedom to just kind of uh, go for it or whatever because you're not sticking to a script. And so I like I get the I, there's advantages to both, I guess, is what I'm saying. And that, it, you know, just because a promo is scripted doesn't mean it's bad. And, and, and in fact, some of my favorite promos ever are would fall under I, I mean I don't know how much everybody's promos are are scripted on WWE programming or NXT programming as far as like word for word or whatever and you know I don't know who has special privileges who doesn't I don't know if maybe they 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 script certain things for certain people like specifically because maybe they're not as confident in their promo ability or whatever but I mean some of my favorite promos have been on WWE even recently and I'm thinking pretty specifically of like a Becky Lynch and Zach Gibson so for what that's worth my two cents I think that either method is is totally fine and can work and um it can both result in in great uh programming that's entertaining engaging and gets people hyped Moving forward, uh, this was a great segment. Uh, Jordan Devlin has put together like a uh, a, a package, a video package for uh, of, of NXT UK highlights, and I kind of had a feeling what th- what this was gonna be, and it lived up to it. But this was basically uh, it was all Jordan Devlin highlights. I love that he he had a movie called Air Jordan. That's awesome. Uh, it's a reference to uh, legendary NBA player Michael Jordan. If you're not familiar with uh with that um <laughs> four times his girth that's why he was uh it, it was it, this is just a quick highlight package showing jordan devlin doing cool moves and winning matches against people and he showed him doing the uh the, his his finisher to to dave mastiff uh a, a week or two ago and uh, this was just good stuff. This is Jordan Devlin just being Jordan Devlin. He's he's another person who is just great with the promo work and great with the character work. Um, called himself an inspirational leader of men, and then called out a kid. Great name, <laughs> as he said, uh, and uh, challenged him to a match, which I believe he said for next week. Uh, and then I didn't catch that uh, during the rest of the show. I didn't see them actually confirm it, but I'm. Willing to assume we're gonna get that next week, Jordan Devlin versus A Kid. So this is gonna be good. This is be A Kid's first uh big big match uh on the show. Maybe we won't get that next week. Maybe we'll get it the week after because A Kid did just wrestle. So I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Our third match, it's Oliver Carter giving us three guys with no victories uh, in the first three matches. Um, uh. And uh, he's going up against the debuting Ridge Holland. So we've seen uh, some vignettes for him over the last few weeks. And here's his debut. And he's going up against the guy who lost in his debut. And uh, I love that Holland's music 
just kind of has has a moment where like everything just it's there's just like a pause in the music and there's a break and that happened like right as the announcer announced him from Yorkshire England and that got like a huge pop uh and from that point forward the crowd was pretty much like on his side uh which I'm not sure if he was really supposed to be a heel or just he's just this big menacing force but I do know that Ridge Holland did play professional rugby for a number of years uh and he's a he's a big big powerful dude um Oliver Carter had some nice bits of offense in here but Holland's just too big too powerful he some of these overhead throws he was hitting were just like oh my god like the 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 power of Ridge Holland and the agility and and the uh um you know, the athleticism of Oliver Carter. It was just, this is a great pairing. I mean, great, great way to get Holland over because Carter could sell for him. And, uh, and and that was awesome. The, the big like shoulder tackle he did at one point near the end of the match, Holland hit Carter with this big shoulder tackle and, and, and Carter did like this big, like Shawn Michaels esque oversell for it. It like, it kind of was reminiscent of the Shawn Michaels Hulk Hogan match, except not quite to that level. It was, it wasn't so over the top that it was like comical or bad. It was just a big, big sell for, uh, for that move. So, but, but cool to see. And then, uh, Holland won with his, um, this kind of power slam move. They, they said the name of it, and I didn't write it down. I don't remember what it was now. But uh, it was like Northern Grit, I think, or something like that. Please correct me. I know I'm probably wrong. Someone just correct me. Uh, but Ridge Holland did pick up the win in his debut match on NXT UK with a pinfall and made his exit. And uh, Ashton Smith came out to console his fallen uh, tag team partner. Now we got a Survivor Series commercial. And when we came back from that... Uh, we got a recap of the whole Joseph Connors, Legero, Travis Bank situation. So, again, uh, last week, week before, uh, Legero and Travis Banks had their rematch. Uh, and it was a great match. But it ended because Joseph Connors interfered, uh, attacked Legero, gave Travis Banks the win. And so we got three very quick pre-takes, uh, pre-tape uh, promos from each of them. Travis Banks doesn't want to win a match that way, so he's upset. Legero feels like uh, he was robbed of a victory and that we, the fans, were robbed of a clean finish. And Joseph Connors just feels good about the fact that he made an impression. So, uh, triple threat in the future, maybe? Could see it. I'd love it. It'd be great. Seems like the next logical step, so hopefully we we get some more of this because there's they've now this this story now has a solid foundation going. So I'm interested to see where it goes. Uh, maybe it's even takeover bound. Who knows? Uh, Ashton Smith and and Oliver Carter backstage now, and Ashton Smith is trying to give Carter a pep talk, saying we only need one win and then we'll be off and running. And Gnome Dar comes out of a, a closet or something and just starts laughing at him and talking some shit. And Ashton challenged Dar to a match, and Dar says, nah, y- you dafties, I I don't fight people in hallways, and uh, w- I'll see you on my terms, or on my time. So, I guess there's probably something kind of building here. I'm just going to go back to my Kenny Williams heel turn uh, ridiculous theory here that I've been on for like seven years at this point. Uh, 
I mean, Ashton Smith and Oliver Carter are supposed to be a tag team, so, I mean, who knows? There could be something there. I don't know. Uh, and then it's main event time. The aforementioned main event match, Ilya Dragunov versus Alexander Wolf of Imperium. Uh, this was an awesome match. I mean, I, I mean, if this would have had another five minutes, it would have been a takeover-worthy match. It was, this was... This was great. I love the aggressive start. They just repeatedly charged into each other, locking up, and then just grappling, going down to the mat, and there were rope breaks, and they just go right back into it. And they did this repeated times. Um, just really good, hard-hitting stuff. And Dragunov got into, like, his kind of a, his, like, you know, bring it pose, and just calmly walks up to to Wolf and just slaps him in the face with his forward-facing hand. And that was some foreshadowing, let me tell you. Uh, some great heel work with... Uh, the, the, it, it spills out of the ring a little bit, and then Wolf gets back into the ring, and, and the ref is trying to separate the two, and at that point, uh, Dragunov was straddling the middle rope, and Wolf kicked it. So great classic heel work. And, of course, you know, that's not... Uh, that's not sacred. You know, the, the, the mat's supposed to be sacred, but that's not sacred. You you cheated. You did a cheap, naughty thing, uh, and you shouldn't have done that. Uh, the, there were there were so many awesome just strike battles in this match, and it was just so entertaining, such good stuff. And at, at one point, there was just it was like strike, strike, reversal, reversal. And and Dragunov caught uh, caught him into a suplex, and that got a huge pop. And it's like that is just it's so awesome. Like great storytelling in a match will get you there. Like because you know I've seen I've seen indie matches where the the, the match starts and within like a minute they're like hitting suplexes and like you know which of course a, a suplex is a, such a basic move in terms of like its complexity but like here it was a move that was hit after like 10 minutes of fighting and it got a big reaction it's like that's what you do like build up to your moves make and and build up and save the you know build up to the bigger moves just do it uh mother russia chant that was awesome this whole match was awesome um and at one point, uh, Dragunov gets back into the advantage. He goes to the top rope. Wolf roll away. The crowd boos because they've been denied this top rope maneuver. But then Dragunov gets his look on his face, looks over at Wolf in the corner, waves to him, and then does a coast-to-coast drop kick to his leg. And that got two. And honestly, like that could have been the finish, and it would have been satisfactory. But that was not the finish. There was more to come. Uh after more fighting, we get up to a, a point where, where Alexander Wolf hits a, t- a, a sky-high superplex or a top-rope superplex for two. And then we got a slap war. And that was just... They 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 literally were just slapping the crap out of each other. Wolf uh, was picking Dragunov up by the face and saying some uh, nasty things to him. And Dragunov slaps him. Wolf asks for more, and before and, and and all of a sudden they're just slapping each other really really hard. This is the foreshadowing I mentioned. They just uh, this is this is great. This is great. Uh, Dragunov uh, was was back on the advantage and it was setting up for Torpedo Moscow, but Imperium ran out. Dragunov kind of thwarted them super quick. 
uh, and then still went for Torpedo Moscow, and that got countered into a DDT for two, and that was such an awesome counter. It just was crisp. It looked so cool. It popped me. I thought it was the finish, but it got two, and then Wolf hit the sit-out powerbomb for three, and, and Wolf won the match. Awesome, great match. If, if you didn't watch it, please watch it. It's, it's very, very worth it. Really cool stuff. Classic. This is what NXT UK is is loved for, or at least a big part of what I love it for. Crowd was into it. Great match. Uh, great, great main event for the first episode of the whole tapings. Uh, right after the match ends, Imperium swarmed the ring, and uh, the beatdown was on, but it didn't last long because Gallus ran out for the save. And mixed reaction a bit here. Uh, it seemed like there was not not like a not a, a ton, but like a noticeable um, amount of the crowd seemed to be in the Walter during this exchange it seemed like it was maybe 75 25 like in favor of gallus but definitely strong representation in the crowd in favor of walter but so this definitely uh this definitely felt like we oh we got the tease we definitely got the tease because uh uh walter was reaching for his his championship belt that had been dropped in the ring and uh and Joe Coffey was hanging on to it, and there was a little bit of a uh, not not really a tug of war, but neither neither guy would relinquish their grip, and Joe Coffey eventually did. But so that's definitely, it, I mean, it's between the events of the last few weeks and what just happened uh, on tonight's episode, it is safe to say I believe we are headed for Joe Coffey versus Walter at Takeover Blackpool Two for the championship. And it makes perfect sense. Walter made his debut at the end of the Pete Dunn-Joe Coffey match from Blackpool last year. Kicked Joe Coffey in the face. Never any redemption from that. I, I mentioned this uh, last week as well. But it's it's a good story. You've got two factions vying for supremacy on the brand. Good stuff. Great episode. Great way to start us off on uh, uh, what I believe... I mean, this, this, yeah, this should definitely take us to the end of the year because yeah, but this was, we've got one more November episode and then there'll be four episodes in December. And uh, a quick look at my calendar. And yeah, oh, no, Christmas is on a, the Christmas holiday is on a Wednesday this year. But then, I believe, isn't Boxing Day on the day after Christmas? I believe it is, and please, please, please correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like that's when it is, so I don't, I mean, I guess they'll probably still air an episode, I'm not sure, I'm not sure what they're going to do about the, uh, like, the, the holiday week that week right there, but, so that would be, the, the, through December, that's six episodes, and then there would need to be still another two episodes prior to TakeOver, so I'm, but I'm guessing they filmed eight at these tapings, uh, probably four per day. So that would, that would take us right to take over Blackpool too. All right. So all in all, an awesome episode, uh, of NXT UK, uh, Jim Cornette, you're in seat 19. Uh, 
But uh, tell me what you thought about the episode. Uh, chat this episode up with me on Twitter. Uh, Brent FFF is where you can find me. Uh, make sure you follow the show at We Are NXT UK on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, that's me on Instagram and Twitter uh, as well. Uh, but let's talk wrestling. Let's talk about what's going on in wrestling this week. Let's talk about NXT UK. Let's talk about War Games. Let's talk about Survivor Series. Let's talk about crazy stuff going on all over the, the place. You know, wrestling is so awesome this year, though. I mean, it's just, it, it's, I think I've been more into it in the last, like, three years than I've been in my whole life, and I'm a lifelong fan. <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of got away from it a good a little bit from, like, like in, like, 2011, 12, 13, but, like, uh, some, something around there. But, like, the, the, the Sasha Bailey NXT match is what, is literally what got me interested again. <laughs> um, and, but just in the last few years, I've just been, like, so into it. And there's just been, the quality uh, all over the place is just, has been incredible, in my opinion. And, I mean, I think... There, there's no better in-ring product anywhere than NXT and NXT UK, in my opinion. But I mean, there, but there's so much great wrestling right now, all over the place, uh, on every program. Like uh, everybody's just out there killing it. I mean, like if you watch Impact, like they're killing it on Impact. If you watch AEW, like you know, I know that. I mean, I mean, like they they have like their 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 flaws here and there, or whatever. But like they're they're kill- <clears throat> they're excuse me, they're killing it. Um, you know, I think NWA will probably be better now because of the, uh, the, the, when, once the, uh, pre-taped Cornette episodes are done, uh, but, uh, just so much great wrestling out there right now and so much great indie wrestling too. Like some, some, there's, there's a number of indie companies that are able to draw good houses. So it's like wrestling is just up everywhere. I mean, I, you know, ratings be damned. I, I don't care uh you know about what the numbers say as far as ratings go it's an outdated way of determining how many eyeballs are on the product you know wrestling is is as popular probably more popular now than it has been since the end of like the monday night wars so that's a great thing uh really everybody wins there's all these places to work there's all this content for the fans uh it's just great and and there are I feel like there are more people right now making a living in pro wrestling than at any other time. Uh, and you know, I might be wrong, whatever, maybe going way back to like the territory days or something, but, but it's awesome. We've got global access to all kinds of different wrestling right now. It's great. It's just, it's absolutely wonderful. So thank you for hanging out with me and thank you for listening to me talk about wrestling. I think, I think I'm going to have Lee back on next week. Uh, that should be the case. I believe that's the plan. No more, uh, crazy weekend road trips for Lee next week. So I'll be back to having a co-host and that'll be fun because it does get a little weird to sit here and talk to yourself for 45 minutes. It's just, it, it's just weird. It's weird and awkward. And, um, I don't know how I get through it. But I did. So thank you for bearing with me. It's been another episode of We Are NXT UK. Thank you for uh, spending time with us. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting the show. And we will not see you, but uh, well, uh, you'll hear from us again uh, next time. Thanks. <laughs>